Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon introducing our new Welcome Ministry campaign. To learn more about how to live, serve, and give in a welcoming way, or to view the visuals used in this service, visit www.valleybrook.cc slash welcome campaign. Good morning, everybody. Come on now. It's almost noon. Good morning, everybody. All right, there you go, you're awake. Hey, we're going to release the children ages four through grade eight to go to their classes, so they can just head down over there. This morning we're going to talk about the eternal possibilities of welcoming, and that's why there's a door up here, because we have the opportunity to welcome people, to open the door to eternal possibilities by the way we welcome people anywhere and everywhere we go. You know, I was even thinking about, you know, Bob shared this, uh, how we're going to be going out to different towns and handing out flags on Memorial Day. And that's such an opportunity to connect with people. A few years ago, one of the teams was out in East Grammy and they connected with somebody and, and they started attending Valley Brook and went deeper in their faith just because at a Memorial Day parade, somebody wearing a Valley Brook t-shirt said, would you like a flag, and gave it to him, and then said, God bless you. And it opened up a door for eternal possibilities with them. So I'm going to ask the AV team to put a picture on the screen up here, and you're immediately saying, what do cheese and crackers have to do uh, with this message? And Well, let me be more specific, because it's not just any kind of cheese. It's uh, everybody's favorite cheese food, Kraft Singles. Um, And uh, so... uh, True story, and if Cynthia was here, uh, she would give me that wife eye, which she did at the first service, and uh, she also gave it to me the day that this story originated. It was in our first year of marriage. Somebody knocked on the door, and so we welcomed them into our lives, and we welcomed them in uh, to our apartment, and they came up, and we're sitting around the, the living room, and we're talking, and I said, I'm going to go get some snacks, and Cynthia looked at me like, we don't have any snacks, but um, in my um, in my male mind, I said, we have snacks, we have craft singles, and we have saltines. And, and so I thoroughly embarrassed my wife by opening up the package of craft singles and brought them all individually wrapped with a stack of crackers on a plate. Now, just to uh, put you at ease and at rest, I am no longer in charge of food at my house. And that was not my purpose. I genuinely thought that was an okay thing to do. But, uh, you know, here's the deal. When we talk about welcoming people into our lives, now some of you get a little like, oh, we're talking about entertaining. We're talking about hospitality. Uh, Yes, but, you know, stay with me. Stay with me because because there's there's much more to this. Because as I said, the way we welcome people into our lives, the way we welcome people into our homes, the the way we welcome people into our office, into our neighborhood, into our communities, into our schools, into our church, have eternal possibilities uh, attached to them. 
Recently, I was struck by a couple of scriptures, and uh, the first scripture that I was struck by was one that I am certain that I've read dozens of times, and it just sort of went flying over my head. It's at the end of the book of Acts. It's, it's the last two verses in that amazing story of the history of the church and of what happened in the Apostle Paul's life. And it actually is about the Apostle Paul. In fact, the last eight chapters of the book of Acts basically detail what happened with Paul as he was arrested in Jerusalem for preaching about Jesus. He appealed to Caesar because he was a Roman citizen, and it's his journey from Jerusalem to Rome. And this whole story ends with these two verses that I want to share with you about the Apostle Paul's life. It says... Paul lived for two years in his rented house, and he welcomed everyone who came to visit. He urgently presented all matters of the kingdom of God. He explained everything about Jesus Christ. His door was always open. Now, now just think about this for a moment. The apostle Paul was under house arrest. That means while he wasn't chained up, he was confined to the room that he was renting. He was confined to that house and he was with a Roman guard 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Now, I don't know about you, but I may have been uh, sort of drowning in a woe is me pity party. Like, when is this gonna end? When is this over? But what does it say? It says he opened the door and welcomed people into his rented house and his life whenever anybody showed up. It says that despite his circumstances, he, he welcomed them in and he, not only did he open the physical door, he opened the spiritual door. He shared with them about the kingdom of God and about Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, I'm still dumbfounded by my, by my once again reading that and comprehending what was going on in the life of the Apostle Paul. And yet, he had the foresight, he had the, the, the spiritual understanding that, that every encounter with somebody was an opportunity to welcome them into his life, whether it was literally into his house or, or figuratively into something deeper with God. And he, every time, seized that opportunity. The second scripture I want to share with you is one that that we on the staff at Valleybrook have been wrestling with for a while and understanding the implications of it. And this scripture is from the the book of Hebrews. It's in chapter 13. It's in uh, verse 2. But verse 1, I'll just tell you what it says. It tells us that we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to exhibit uh, brotherly love with one another. And then we go into the second verse and it says this, Be sure to welcome strangers into your home. That's a command. Be sure to welcome strangers into your home. By doing this, some people have welcomed angels as guests without even knowing it. Now, don't let that second uh, sentence derail you. What's going on there is Paul, or whoever wrote this book, this letter, is referring back to, to what we see happening in the book of Genesis with Abraham and Lot, when they welcomed strangers into their home because hospitality was huge in the ancient world. They welcomed in these strangers and it turns out that they were angels. Now, here's the big deal. Uh, Our motivation 
uh, for welcoming people, strangers into our lives or anyone into our lives shouldn't be that maybe we'll invite some angels in. That, that's not the motivation. I mean, the command is very clear here that we're supposed to be sure. We're supposed to be sure to welcome strangers and others into our home. It's so important. Now, not only was, it, was hospitality important in the ancient world, think about this, for the, for the first century church, it became even more critical. Because in the first century, um, there, there weren't a lot of hotels and motels like we have today. And those that were there, they were expensive. So the early church grew and expanded by uh, those who would go and share the message about Christ going town to town and they would stay in the homes of other Christ followers who would invite them into their home to stay there. And they would welcome them in, they would care for them, show them hospitality so that they could take the message to their town and then move on to the next town. So the spread of the Christian faith was built on this whole idea of welcoming people into our homes. So here's what I want you to understand. When we welcome people into our lives, we welcome people into our homes, into our offices, into our schools, into our communities, into our church, we're pleasing God and we're opening the door for something spiritual to happen, something that God and Jesus want to happen in the lives of those people. Now, I understand that for some of us, the idea of hospitality, of entertaining, really can stress us out. For instance, you may be afraid you're going to offer cheese and crackers to people and wrapped up in craft singles. You know what I mean? So don't do as I did, okay? That's just, if you don't remember anything today, remember that. No craft singles and saltines. But some of you say, well, you know, my house isn't perfect. My house isn't right. My house isn't clean. Uh, I get that. We oftentimes recognize that when we're going to entertain, we're going to welcome people into our home announced we clean before they come uh, but rosaria butterfield who's a pastor's wife in durham north carolina writes this about hospitality about welcoming people into your lives and she points out it's not about entertaining it's it's not about you know being the, the martha stewart of the neighborhood it's more about connecting with people, having fellowship, doing life together. And so, so this is what she writes, and, and I find this so important. She says, don't let pride stop you from opening your home. Ignore the cat hair on the couch. It likely won't kill anybody as decisively as loneliness and then she goes on. Add as much water to the pot to stretch the soup. If you run out of food, make pancakes. Then she says, and she goes on to talk about the spiritual consequences of opening the door of our lives, opening the door of our homes to others. She said, when we welcome someone into our lives, know that someone is spared from the humiliating fall into sin by spending time with you and your family. And then she goes on and she says, know that someone is spared the fear and darkness of depression because she is needed at your house and she's never alone. But instead, she's safe 
in the community of Christ. Know that someone is drawn into Christ's love, into an eternal understanding of that Jesus died for their sins and that they can have fellowship. Know that people's lives are changed for eternity when we open the door of our lives and our hearts to other people. It makes eternal differences. This morning I want to make a couple of points and the first point that I want to make is this live in a welcoming way live in a welcoming way now look the best illustration that I can share with you is not a story that I tell you but it's a story that somebody tells you so I'm going to invite Misty Connolly to come on up and she's going to share with you her story about being welcomed here at Valley Brook and it's a really cool story welcome Misty thank you very much so come on in yeah can you guys just come home with me and like every morning just do that? <laughs> you want everybody just to applaud when you get up in the morning? I'm okay with that. All right. So, so Misty, I know a little bit about your story. This week I shared a little bit of it at the uh, annual meeting. Um, we had our annual meeting this week as a church. But yeah, as I said, it's more powerful to hear it from you. So, you know, tell us what your experience with church was before coming to Valley Brook. Right. Um, I know I'd said before that I never really attended church before. Yeah. I grew up in a very self-serving, atheistic-type family that really only called on God when they needed a fancy curse word or they, you know, they needed something. Um, so I never attended church, but I did go a few times. Uh, one of my earliest memories is I went to a church with my great-grandmother. And I only say church because that's what it said on the, on the door. It did say church. Um, but we go in, and I got ushered into a Sunday school, which was more like, oh, Ethel brought her granddaughter, put her in the corner and gave her cookies. You know, everyone else actually went and played bridge and bingo. So that was an interesting church Sunday experience for me. Um, another one was I went, I was visiting my father in California, and we went to a Catholic church. Um, I didn't necessarily find God there, but I did get my first celebrity encounter, which, you know, there's that. <laughs> That's why everyone goes to church, right? Um, and th there were a few others in there too, but it was very kind of wildly dramatic and mm. kind of scary. Yeah, even yeah yeah all right so fast forward to what were you feeling the first Sunday you decided to come to Valley Brook I was actually very nervous as I said I'd had some interesting experiences with church growing up um, and I we'd started my husband and I had started talking and kicking around the idea of finding a church home yeah. and we'd seen signs and we'd seen you guys at some events um, and we actually, I was at the park and we met a lady who attended Valley Brook and, you know, she's like, you come to church with me. She seemed normal enough. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it. So I went home and Aaron actually wasn't able to come with me for the first couple of weeks. So it was wow. just my three kids and I, and, um, initially I was like, oh, I'll wait for him, you know, let him go in and do it. And I'll just kind of follow around. Uh, it didn't work out that way. I felt very led. I'm like, you know what? I'm going. So the first week I went and I came and ended up sitting in the parking lot for like five minutes with my three kids. And if you guys have ever seen Frozen, that part where Anna won't knock on the door and Olaf is like, did she forget how to knock on the door? What's going on? My kids are like, did you forget how to open the door? Are we going to leave? What's going on? Do we need to call daddy? <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, just calm down. So you were frozen. I was frozen. Well, <laughs> I didn't sing, but. Yeah. Um, and my wise little outlet of a daughter looked at me and she goes, you know, mommy, this is, this is God's house. We're safe here. 
let's get out of the car, basically. Yeah. I think she had to use the restroom. But, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I basically, instead of my husband, I followed my six-year-old and I was like, just go, I'll just, you know, just stay back here. Um, yeah, it was pretty much, we went in, it was very apprehensive and wasn't quite sure what we were walking yeah. into. You, you were very brave. So <laughs> what happened that first Sunday? Well, that first Sunday, I, um, we came and we saw the greeters and, you know, I still remember who it was. It was Andy. He's a very hard man to forget. He was standing at the door with his, uh, may the Lord be with you shirt. And he was just being all Andy. If you know Andy, you know what I'm talking about. It was just, you know, very welcoming, very like yeah. come in. And then I went inside and before my eyes even had a chance to adjust, Lisa was at the welcome center and she's like, welcome to Valley Brook and like loving all over my kids. And I'm like, this is a little weird, but it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with this still. Um, you thought you were throwing a parade with just how excited she was and yeah. she, she was genuinely happy to have, to have us there. Um, and you know, from there we went to the children's ministry and I handed my children over to three women I'd never met before in my life. Uh, they went to Sherry DeAngelis, Lori Smith, and Diane Hermans. Mm -hmm. uh, they were incredibly fantastic, and they were very quick to love on my shy littles. And Di I know Diane's not here, but Jan, we love your wife. Thank you for sharing her with <laughs> us. She's, she's awesome. She has a fantastic program. And um, from there, I came into the sanctuary and met Ken Perry, you know, mm -hmm. usher extraordinaire. Yeah. And um, I came in and I listened to you finish mm -hmm. up your series on Nehemiah. And I, I felt like I was listening to my father-in-law, which was important to me because he used to be a pastor and he still, he still teaches us. So yeah. knowing you were kind of on par with that made me feel very comfortable with where I was. And I left that first day, I'm like, I found home and That's kicking cool. myself because I'm like, why didn't I just open the door and just go in? Yeah. That's so cool. You know, what I want you to hear is how the body of Christ did what the body of Christ is supposed to do. So what's happened since that day? Oh, I never left, for one. I'm, I'm still here. Um, and Aaron and I have become regular attenders, and we're looking to become full-fledged members very soon. Yeah. Um, and that first, that first Sunday I came, you were talking about attend one, serve one. Yeah. And that really struck me hard, and I went home, and I talked to Aaron incessantly, over and over, repeatedly, about, you know, this is, this is really cool. I love this, this concept. Um, and we went from there. We both serve on all kinds of ministries. We, we do frontline ministries, children ministries, cleaning crew. Um, he does the wood ministry because no one in their right mind would trust me with an ax at all, ever. Um, but more recently, you know, I've been blessed with, um, Dan has asked me to step up and help him, to help support him lead frontline ministries. Yeah. So I, I work with an amazing team there that I'm, I'm tremendously thankful to have them for. Um, and I, I took the role because I want everyone to feel when they walk into church the way I did. I want them to look at me when I'm like, welcome to Valley Brook. Like, you're weird, but it's okay. I'm good with it. Um, you know, I, I want them to feel loved and welcomed yeah. and yeah. special because they really are. Yeah. And I, I believe that's how Christ would greet us. Mm -hmm. So that's how I want to greet them. Yeah. Um, if I could just shamelessly plug. Yeah. He's, he knew I was going to do this. I did first service. Um, I would encourage you guys to take the mentality of the attend one, serve one very seriously. We have a lot of awesome ministries here from all the ones I mentioned, and there's a few others, like hospitality team is very, very important here as well. Um, and just, if you feel led to share your gifts, it's usually a very small time requirement. 
and um, yeah, we'll be at the at the cafe if you yeah. guys feel led to kind of extend your services and yell at people as they come in the door like I do. <laughs> you get fancy name tags and everything. That's right. Yeah. And when you started coming, you actually came to faith in Christ too. I did. I grew a lot stronger in my faith and will be uh, baptized this summer. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, listen, I want to pray for her and then after I pray for her, I want you to show your appreciation to her for coming up and sharing her story. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for Misty. Lord, the way that you've changed the, her life, how you've drawn her into your in a relationship with you and how you've welcomed her into the body of Christ. And we thank you for, for everybody who did their part. But I ask for blessings on, on she and her husband and her family and we just ask that you will continue to work through them to uh, welcome more people into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, Misty. So living in a welcoming way, you, you know, you, what you've heard is, is somebody who has experienced being welcomed, and now she's living in a welcoming way. But, uh, you know, think about this, that we have the opportunity every day in our lives to welcome people not only into our lives, but into a, into a significant experience of God through their relationship with us. I want to share a scripture with you. It comes from the gospel of Luke. Jesus is speaking and Jesus says this, anyone who welcomes a little child like this one on my behalf welcomes me and anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my father who sent me. So you know, when, when Jesus used these illustrations where he would make examples of somebody else, he, he oftentimes would use a child. And he did that because he wanted to represent the person who was the least powerful. You see, children were powerless and less likely to be welcomed in and taken care of by a powerful person. But Jesus makes this connection that when his followers, when those who say, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him, when they welcome people in, not only is there something going on in the horizontal plane between two people, there's something going on vertically with God. That when we welcome somebody into our lives, into our homes, into our church, when we open the door to our lives, we're also opening the door for God to do something in that relationship. That we're actually welcoming Christ by being faithful to Jesus. So think about that. When, when we welcome people into our lives, we're fulfilling a command. And when we don't welcome people in our lives, we're sort of holding that command of Jesus at arm's length. There's a direct parallel by how we open the door to others and open them to God and how we shut the door to others. So, now look, I understand that this can be challenging and hard because there's so many people that, in our lives that are easy to love and there are people in our lives that are hard to love, hard to open the door to. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. As I quoted that scripture from Hebrews, you know, be sure it commands you, be sure to welcome strangers into your life. Re remember the way that we open the door to our lives and welcome people in has eternal consequences. When we welcome people into our lives, when we welcome into our homes, into our offices, into our schools, into our neighborhoods, into Valleybrook, into church, we're opening the door for God to do what God does in and through relationships. 
You know, as a church, we put a stake in the ground that, that we will live authentic lives with one another, that we'll be real with one another, that we'll do life together. And that takes a conscious decision to do that, to open our hearts and our lives to one another. So, uh, you know, it, it's important for us to understand that we represent Jesus in our relationship with others. We're ambassadors for Christ. So it's both the privilege and the duty for every Christ follower to welcome people into their lives, guests, strangers, so that they encounter what God wants them to encounter. So I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you with this question. How will you welcome others into your life for the sake of Christ? How will you welcome others wherever you go? You know, we've, earlier this year, we uh, challenged Valley Brook to pray a prayer. And that prayer was very simple. God, show me one person to share your love with today. Share, show me one person to share your love with today. Now think about that. As we pray that prayer, we're opening the door for God to work in our lives, to welcome somebody into our lives that we can share God's love with. And that has eternal consequences. That can make the difference from somebody getting connected with God and somebody turning away from God. Whether it's a church, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in our offices, whether it's in our neighborhoods. We have to recognize that we have that challenge. Now, Part of what we're fighting against is the cultural mentality that says, what's in it for me? You know, we, we wrestle with that all the time. Following Jesus Christ means that we're going to follow him not only in what he commands, but in, in the heart that he has for all people. And that means we'll open the door to welcome people into our lives. So, so as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to live in a welcoming way. Here's the second point that I want to make this morning. It's this, serve in a welcoming way. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us what the final judgment will be like when he returns in glory. He tells us, he tells us that he will sit on his throne and that all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put those on his left side who will be punished and those on his right side who will receive eternal life. And when you read this in Matthew 25, and I encourage you to go back and do that, Matthew 25, starting in verse 31, you'll see that both those who are determined as faithful and those who are determined as unfaithful know who Jesus is. They know who Jesus is. They refer to him as Lord in that story. But... When you read that passage, you'll see that only the faithful know him personally and know what his will is. And we see that not in what they say, but in what Jesus says that they did. And when he tells them what they did, the faithful respond to Jesus this way. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 38. They say to Jesus, they ask, when did we welcome you as a stranger or give you clothes to wear or visit you while you were sick or in jail? The king will answer. Whenever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, you did it for me. 
You see, we have the opportunity, not just to live in a welcoming way, but to serve others in a welcoming way. And here's the deal. We understand this, that when we serve others in the name of Jesus, we're serving Christ. We're serving him. We're doing what he calls us to do. We're fulfilling his call. So each and every week, honestly, as we prepare for our week, we need to not only pray, Lord, give me one person to share your love with today, but have an attitude of serving, recognizing that we're serving Jesus when we do that. A few weeks ago, one of our ushers sort of shared his aha moment with me. It was Rick Munter, and he gave me permission to share this story with you. And, and, and it's just, just an amazing story of what God is doing in his life and how Rick understands the whole big picture of, of what our service in the name of Jesus entails. He said, you know, it was a Sunday morning and he says, I like to meet uh, guests when they come in, particularly uh, new guests. And so I, I met this woman and as we, uh, she, we were talking, I asked where, what town she lived in. She said she lived in this town and she shared a little bit about uh, what she does. And he said, you know, my mind was sort of thinking about the people that live in that same town that I could introduce her to or the people who have that same kind of uh, occupation. And, uh, but but his, his duties as usher required him to sort of break off that conversation. So he took her to her seat and then he went on about his usher duty and he, and he was thinking, you know, I need to get back and I, I need to talk to that lady so I can introduce her to some other people so I can serve her by helping her get connected in the body. But after the service, for one reason or another, he, he didn't see her. So he said, well, you know, I'll, I'll see her next week. But he didn't see her next week, or the next week, or the next week. She didn't come back. And it had such a profound impact on Rick. He said, you know what? I understand now that one of my roles as a follower of Jesus is to help new people make connections with people in the body of Christ. And so when I get to meet somebody and I found out what town they're from or, or what they do or what their uh, uh, passions are, hobbies are, I try to connect them with other people. Do you see the service mentality that he's, that he's taking on there? He's recognizing that he as an ambassador for Jesus Christ, that he has the opportunity not only to welcome people into the church, but to welcome them into other relationships where they can make connections, where he can serve them in this way and, and open the door for God to do what God wants to do. And look, when we open the door for God to do what he wants to do in the lives of people, amazing things happen. People come to faith in Jesus Christ and their eternal destinies are determined that they'll be in heaven. People find healing from God. People understand that the Holy Spirit has come in their lives to empower them and help them live as an empowered person who follows Jesus Christ. When we serve people in a welcoming way, amazing things happen. The challenge that all of us have to understand is that that's the call on everybody who is, is a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and I'll say this quite openly. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're getting an inside look about what Jesus calls his followers to do. Be sure to welcome strangers into your home whether it's your physical home or the place where you work or your church home, be sure to do that. that. That's a command. We are called to do that. So I hope you'll see the eternal possibilities of living in a welcoming way and, and serving in a welcoming way. And, and I want to just ask you two questions 
Are you willing to be used by God to open doors to other people so that God will do something? And then the, the final question is this, is how will you welcome others? How will you do it? Now, you're saying, well, there's one more point. There is one more point. I'm going to come back to that point, but I want to invite the worship team to come up. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song about the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. It's called Come Thou Fount. But here's what I want you to understand is that we've been called to live in a welcoming way. We've been called to serve in a welcoming way. And we need to ask God to make that part of our lives. And so I'm going to ask you to just open your hearts and your minds for God to do what he wants to do with this idea of being a welcoming person. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you that somebody welcomed us into the body of Christ with the way that they lived, with the way that they served, with the things that they said or did. And now, Lord, we recognize that we're your ambassadors. We're called to be door openers, to be welcomers into our lives, and that that has eternal possibilities. So, Lord, work in us. Help us determine to live in a way that welcomes others, no matter how challenging that can be at times. Help us to understand that we have the opportunity to serve others in your name, to actually serve you by serving others, by welcoming them into our lives, into our offices, into our homes, by serving them into the body of Christ. And help us never be the same because of that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Will you stand as we sing, Come Thou Fountain? So at the first service, a couple of guys came into management. I was waiting for you to tell me what that third point is. So here it is. Give in a welcoming way. Give in a welcoming way. Look, we have an amazingly generous congregation. And uh, we recognize, you may have noticed, there's some uh, unfinished spaces in our building. And, and uh, this week at our annual meeting, we announced uh, that we're going to try to uh, rectify that because we want to demonstrate to the community that we're expecting guests just like you do when you want to invite somebody into your house. And so we're challenging us to embrace what I call a ministry campaign, to live in a welcoming way, to serve in a welcoming way, uh, to give in a welcoming way. And um, you may have noticed in your bulletin there's some next steps, and I would encourage you to prayerfully and intentionally take those next steps and I would encourage you to see Misty after the service she will uh, help you if you'd like to sign up for one of those ministries that we partake in every week to prepare this place for guests whether it's uh, during the week or on Sunday morning and when you leave this morning you're going to be given a, a brochure a card like this it's called the welcome campaign um, but here, here's the deal. I, I didn't want uh, this all to be a part of our worship service this morning. So uh, I'm going to close the service with a benediction in just a moment. And, but then I'm going to invite you to, to do uh, something. Uh, I'm going to invite you to, to stay and watch a video that our team has put together. 
And it's an informative video really about this whole idea of the welcome campaign. Now, you don't have to stay. That's okay. Uh, if you want to go out in the cafe and get some refreshments, you can certainly do that. But if you give us about four and a half minutes, you can watch that video. Now, uh, at the end of the video, the prayer team members will be up here. If you have something that you want a prayer for, you're invited to come up. And we encourage you to connect with one another in the cafe and practice that whole idea of living in a welcoming way. So I'm going to invite you to stand up for the blessing. And that'll make it easy. If you want to go to the cafe afterwards, you can do that. And if you want to stay and watch the video, obviously you're going to have to sit back down. So let me just give you the final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.